Uh, you know, over the past years, and I talked to you guys about if you're in a battle, if you're in a fight right now, there's a reason for the fight. Right? What's really, what's really disheartening is when you're fighting, but you don't know why. What really drains you, depresses you, puts you in that mood where you don't want to talk to anybody is when you're in a battle, but you have no idea why. But what, but what puts you back on your feet and gets you back refocused is when you finally understand why you're fighting and you get perspective on your battle. Amen. So the last couple of weeks we've been talking about that, trying to get perspective on our enemy, perspective on our battle. As a matter of fact, all Christian people have the same goal in mind. We want to be blessed. Jesus knows we want to be blessed. And I love his definition. You put your finger at Romans eight and I'm going to show you another. This is just a quick one line review, but uh, throw on the screen. Let me get uh, Matthew. Let me get Matthew five eleven on the screen. I believe that's what it was. Yeah, that's it. Watch this. This is from the week one. Most people think you're blessed when you get a new car, when you get a new house, when you get, you know, you say, hey, I'm blessed. They, some, sometimes you do some things in the community. They put your name on a plaque, hang you in a museum somewhere. They say, well, he did something with his life. He's blessed. But I, I got a different definition from Jesus to know if you're blessed or not. Do you want to hear it? Amen. He says this. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. That's a different definition of blessing, isn't it? Because, see, you think you're blessed when you got the car. Jesus would say, no, you're blessed when they start talking about you because you got a car. You're blessed when they start hating on you, when they start, look, look, when they start making up lies about you at your job, when they start turning their back on you because now you're a Christian, now you're doing some good things for the Lord, and now, now you're blessed. See, you're not blessed until you got somebody on Facebook talking about you. Then you can say, I must be blessed. The reason why I got to tell you that is because most people, when they get this thing happen to them, oh, I'm, I'm getting persecuted, they're talking about me, they start going to the person who's doing it, and trying to fix it. Well, why are you talking about me? Well, what's, the, what's your problem? Well, I didn't do what you said I did. Listen, Jesus said, did, did I give you the next verse? Give me the next verse. I didn't give it to you. Let me read it. Well, I'll just tell you what it says. Let me paraphrase. Jesus said, be exceedingly glad. He, he didn't say just, just be happy. He said, get real, real happy. Because great is your reward in heaven. He said, when you start having people going out of their way, to talk about you and set themselves against you, now you're blessed. Y'all can talk back to me in this church. Amen. Are y'all awake this morning? So most people think that when you get stuff, you're blessed. Jesus said when they talk about you, you're blessed. And I can tell you, over the past probably a good five or six years now, the economy has turned upside down. Things have started going crazy in the world. And I'm telling you, trouble and battles have hit just about every home, every walk of life. Pain is hitting every front door. I don't care how, how blessed you are financially or how poor you might be financially. Trouble does not discriminate in color, race. It doesn't matter where you live. But trouble has come to the world. And I'm telling you, it's come in a way that people have never seen before. Is anybody fighting in here? I'm telling you, trouble is visiting people. Is it not? So... All the things that are happening, the economy, new diseases, stuff coming out we ain't never heard of, stuff. I'm, I'm telling you, it's disheartening and it's troublesome. And, and Jesus, I, I like Jesus' response to this. He says, don't fear and, and don't be afraid when all this stuff happens. He said, because I overcame the world. In other words, he said, I have took care of these things for you and given you the victory. 
In other words, I have done the fighting against your enemy and come to just deliver to you the blessings. Amen? Because here's what we do. We get depressed and we, we start getting more medicated. And when things come against us, we don't know how to handle it. And we want to go fix it with everybody. And it really just continues to push us down, down, down. The more we rely on ourselves, the more depressed we get. And let me tell you what the enemy's, the enemy's tactic is against you. Are you ready for this? This is, this is big. I'm jumping right into the new stuff now. That was just a quick review. This is, this is big right here. The enemy... Is trying to remove you from the love of God. I know that sounds simple. I'm going to stop. He's trying to get you to depend on you. I was getting ready to start preaching, preaching, but let me slow down. He's trying to get you to forget what has been already done for you. He's trying to make tribulation and trouble come in such a way that you almost, you are so busy putting out the fire that you forget to focus on the Lord. When you come back to church, we say, lift your hands in this place, and you know what happens? This is not just us. This is almost every church. Lift your hands in this place. We're going to bless the Lord. It's slow, too. It's just like that. This is what y'all look like. I'm going to show you. Not all of y'all, not all of y'all. Look at your neighbor say, that ain't me. No, no, no. I said, I said, bless the Lord in this place. In this. Let me tell you what the enemy, let me tell you why, you why that happens, why that happens. It's not that God is not glorious and wonderful. It's that your mind is so full of stuff when you walk in here, you can't turn it off to give God a praise. You can't turn it off to give God a praise. That's why David said, sometimes I have to give the Lord a sacrifice of praise. Meaning, I have to push my feelings back so that I can exalt my Lord. I have to get Jesus in my mind so that I can break free from this thing that's holding me and exalt the Lord. And I'm telling you, whatever you are focused on will dictate your feelings. When you focus on the goodness of Jesus, I'm telling you, your world becomes like Jesus' world. The Bible says that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And if you focus on the love of God, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that there is no fear in perfect love. It casts out all fear. But we all come in here bound by fear, worried about the future, worried about these diseases, worried about the battle that we're in, worried about the bills we got to pay, worried about our children's future, worried, worried, worried. And we're, we're, aren't we worried? We're worried. Let's just admit it. We're worried. We don't know what's happening. We can't maintain our joy because we can't maintain our focus. That's the truth. We can't maintain our joy because we are not maintaining our focus. It's really, really hard to look at the Lord and focus on his goodness when you got a battle right in front of your face. And the enemy's tactic is to get you separated from the Lord. Let me paraphrase real quick a good example. Uh, throw it on the screen for me too also, if you would, guys in the back. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Watch this. This is good. Is this good? It's good to me. I like it. But he answered and said, this is Jesus when he, he gets baptized by John. And when he comes up, the spirit of God descends on him and the heavens open. And watch this. He says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Oh, give me, I'm sorry. Give me chapter three. That's the next verse. Give me chapter three, verse 17. I apologize. Here it is. And suddenly a voice came from heaven when Jesus comes up, says, this is my, say this, beloved son. Say it a little bit louder. Beloved son. Beloved son. 
That makes a difference because when you read the Bible, you got to read every word. Because God doesn't want you to know you're his son. God wants you to know you're his beloved son. See, the Holy Spirit put beloved in the scripture for a reason. Watch, and I'll show you why in a second. He said, in whom I am well pleased. In other words, he was letting everybody know that I am already, Jesus has not finished the work. It hasn't happened yet. He has not gone to the cross yet. But God said, because he is my beloved son, because of that reason, I am well pleased. And when you are born again and you become part of the family of God, before you do your first good deed, before you do your first bad deed even, you are God's beloved. But the enemy takes your mind off of this word, and it's very sneaky. Watch this. Let me get the other scripture again, Matthew 4. Watch this. Now, so this happens very next chapter. Now, as soon as your calling is revealed, your enemy will be released. David in 1 Samuel 16 was anointed king. 1 Samuel 17, he fought Goliath. As soon as you step up to the plate, as soon as you say, I'm not going to just be a church-going, pew-warming individual, I'm going to get out there and do something for the Lord. Have you ever noticed as soon as you make that decision to engage, as soon as you do that, the enemy comes. You see that? As soon as you do that, immediately the Bible says, and last week I told you about that, immediately your enemy comes. Watch this. He answers and says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And this is what, and let me show you what, I didn't give him all the verses, I don't think. Let's go to Matthew 4 real quick. This is good. I got I to show you the whole thing. My goodness. All right. So that was verse 4. Verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Notice he left out a word. When the skies opened up, In chapter 3, God didn't look down and say, this is my son. That's not what he said. He said, this is my beloved son. See, you can be a son and still be far away from God. Not, Not because God doesn't want you, but because you have run away from him. The prodigal son in Luke 15, he was a son the whole time he was out acting up. Amen? He was a son. He forgot he was beloved. So... The enemy comes and he says, if you are the son of God, what he's trying to do is separate Jesus from the love of God. So he says, if you're the son of God, okay, you go to church, but you still need to handle this yourself. So he says, Jesus, yeah, you're the son of God, but why don't you take care of it? Do you see what I'm saying? That's not my, that's not my main scripture, but I'm trying to show you something. Your enemy's tactic is not just to ruin your day, mess up your money, make you have a bad day or something like that. His tactic is to get you to forget that you are the beloved of God. I'm going to keep saying this because it sounds very simple, but we don't live like we are the beloved. You know, I just, I had an awesome time with God the other night. Matter of fact, last night, my whole family went to bed. I stayed up late just, just talking to God and stuff. And before I went to bed, God reminded me. He said, I know a lot of people reject you when you ask them stuff. When you ask, have you ever asked somebody that you thought loved you? Maybe a father, maybe, maybe a husband, a spouse, or a close relative. And you ask them for something. But you feel them avoiding you. Like they don't want to help even though you know they can. Have you, okay. You ever had a rich relative that you needed something from? Okay. You're in your worst day and you know they can help but they won't do it? God looked at me and he said, he said, 
I, he said, I don't care who has rejected you. When you speak to me, I listen with good ears. He said, I lean in and listen to that. He said, I don't withhold from you. When you ask me, he said, it will be done. And he said, because you are my beloved. That makes a difference. It makes a difference when I approach God as a son, but I feel rejected. This is most Christians. I, I approach God, but I feel rejected. It's a difference when I approach God knowing that I'm already accepted before I approach. Knowing that the answer to the prayer is yes before I open my mouth. Knowing that all I really need to do is make the requests. Amen. That is a good place to clap right there. Amen. So Romans 8 verse 28. I got to get through this part right here. And then if I can get through this part right here, I will be happy. Romans 8 verse 28. Let me just, I don't think I can just go line by line like I wanted to. But if I don't finish, I'm going to come back next week. Okay. Is that a deal? All right. Don't miss it. All right. So actually let's go to Romans 8 verse 18. Now, this is, this is what your enemies have come to do. You are, most of us are going through something on some level in this room. Almost everybody in here has a battle of some sort. And we know that your battles are not pointless. Your battles have a big purpose. The reason you're trying to find it, you're finding it difficult to move from one frame of mind to another or one season to another or one level to another is because your enemy has put a wall in front of you and you think the wall is God saying no. The wall is, the, is, is because God has already said yes and the enemy is trying to keep you out. The wall is the enemy's defense against you trying to get your treasure. Enemies never guard junk. They only guard treasure. Okay? So when you find that you're hitting up against, you're trying to go back to school, but you don't have the money. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to move, but you didn't have this or that. You don't have the credit. Whatever the case is. You're trying to break out of an old habit. You got a bad addiction or something. You know what's wrong. You know you're not supposed to be doing it, but you got this mindset from your past, and you can't break free, and every time you take a step towards it, it seems like all hell breaks loose. That is the enemy, and he's trying to keep you from what's on the other side of it. Amen? But listen to what this says. So no matter how we suffer, watch this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So whatever you're going through, it's not even worth putting on the same page, worth even talking about in the same conversation about the thing that God is getting ready to release, not to you, but through you. Do you understand that? So, so the suffering is an indication that the season you're in is over and you're getting ready to walk into a new one. The trial is your, is your, it's, it's the sign on the highway as you get closer to the destination and it is telling you, the enemy is like the sign on the freeway. You are getting close to your destination. As you pursue the thing God told you to pursue, there will be more frequent signs the closer you get. When you leave Atlanta going to Miami, there's not that many signs. But the closer you get, amen, Florida people, when you get down to West Palm and Fort Lauderdale, you get a little closer, it's like, oh, okay, it's only a little, okay, I'm getting a little bit. That's how your enemies are. So when you see them, we don't need to get discouraged, go in the bedroom and pull the covers over our head. Jesus said, when you got enemies, get happy because you're close. I don't know if y'all hear me. Maybe I'm the only one fighting something. Y'all look at me like, boy, I feel bad for him. He just, I know he's fighting something. I know he is. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm trying my best. All right, watch this. Let's go to verse 28. Somebody say, I'm close. I'm close. Whew. Lord, have mercy. Let me see where I want to start because I'm not going to finish this. All right. So 
Let's go to verse 31. Let's start at verse 31. Because I, I, I want you guys, if, if you, this is your first day or whatever, go back and get the other two messages because I, I covered some of this before. I need to jump into the new one. Actually, let's start at verse 30. So, previously God says, all things work together for your good, for those who are called according to his purpose and those that love the Lord, that kind of thing. And then it comes on down, and this is what I want to show you. So, why, the big question was, why am I fighting? You know, you notice that regular church folks or just worldly people, they don't seem like they have the trouble you have. They don't seem like, it seems like when you start going for something, there's an extra bit of resistance against you. It, and this is the reason right here. It says, verse, verse 29, actually, I'm, I'm skipping around now. Verse 29, he foreknew you, he predestined you, he conformed you to the image of his son, that, you might, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, moreover, he predestined, these he also called. Let me tell you what this means. The word called... It's a Greek word, kaleo, K-A-L-E-O. It means this. It means when you were born, this is some of the kingdom teaching. You wouldn't even understand most, if, if you have not been in a kingdom church, you don't even know what this word means. The word, the word called, when it says he called me, this is why you're being fought. When he called you, it's like when my daughter was born and I looked at her and I said, her name is Nia Darnell. He didn't just call you like, come to me. He called you meaning he gave you his name you became a part of his family he became caretaker of you you became his child in his house you became an heir a joint heir with Jesus Christ because he said this one is just like the other one they will have the same rights and privileges as if they were born in my house amen I was called Amen. He gave me his name. Your inheritance doesn't have nothing to do with your good or bad behavior. All your inheritance has to do with is who's your daddy. It doesn't matter. Your performance, it doesn't matter. Listen, your, your inheritance has to do with who's your daddy. The prodigal son ran off, wasted all of his inheritance. He turned around, came to himself, came back, and his dad seen him coming from afar and ran to him. Why? Because I already gave him my name at birth, and I'm not going to let him stay out there even though he is in the wrong. Amen? And listen, he didn't even wait for an apology. For all the people to say, you better come to the church, drop down, say you're sorry 59 times. Listen, when you turn around and say, God, you're my Lord, God is already running to you. God is not waiting on you to get the apologies right. He's just waiting on you to turn around. That's all he's waiting on, and he will do the rest. He says, go put a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, a robe on his back. Let's throw a party, go kill the fatted calf. In other words, I've been waiting on this day. Now it's time for the party. I'm preaching better than you shouting. So, listen, I, I love talking about this kingdom stuff because it takes away. Listen, Jesus did not come to give you more laws. He came to fulfill the laws so that you could go free. You understand that? He came to restore you back to your citizenship. He came to put you back into connection with the kingdom of God. He did not come to start a religion. He came to bring the kingdom. His first public statement is repent for the kingdom of God is here. He came preaching, repent for the kingdom of God. If you read through the Gospels, all the time he sends the, the disciples out and he says, go into the city and not preach, preach the kingdom. And the Bible says that when they did that, everybody was healed. Why? Because when you become a child of God, he becomes responsible for you. 
Don't you know that no matter how old my child gets, that she will always be my baby? You know that. If she gets in trouble when she's in her 50s, I'm still going to be around and she's going to be, Daddy, I'm in trouble. I don't care how old she is. I'm coming to the rescue. You understand what I'm saying? I want to give you a different picture of your God this morning. And I know I'm not going to finish, so just enjoy this till it lasts, okay? Amen. All right. So the next thing, so this has to do with your battle. Listen, the devil don't fight people that don't have the name. The devil don't fight people that go and do religion. There's no threat there. But you understand, when you have God's name, now you are a threat. Because the enemies, look, this is what he wanted to do from the beginning. He wanted to control heaven, so God kicked him out. Now he wants to take earth and make it his kingdom. And the only person that's a threat is somebody that knows that it belongs to them. I am preaching. Are you getting this? The only people that are a threat to the enemy's kingdom, and he's trying to do, look, the Bible says that he has a kingdom also. He is trying to set up his little kingdom here so that he can be God on the earth. But the Bible already says that the, the, the heavens are for the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. You understand? We are not supposed to just be sitting back watching the world go crazy. We are supposed to realize, wait a minute, this is my stuff. This is my city. This is my house. This is my stuff. I'm not going to take this sitting down. I know who I am. He gave me his name. Your last name is not whatever your last name is. Your last name is God's name. That's who you really are. As long as you keep associating to your last name, you're going to have the battles that your last name carries. But as soon as you start associating to Jesus, you're going to have the victories that the name of Jesus carries. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. The name of the Lord. Woo. I'm preaching, making myself happy. Next verse. My goodness. So. Or it's the same verse. He, he called you. He justified you. And those that he justified, he also glorified. I also want to point out that he justified you. He's not justifying you. When you come into the house of God, I don't care what you're involved in, what you did yesterday. If you call on the name of the Lord, he has already made the preparations and you have been justified. How did that happen, Pastor Mike? Well, before the foundation of the world was ever laid, the Bible says he had prepared a lamb that would be slain for you. And that job is finished, complete, and taken care of. And now you are justified if you put your trust in that. Remember I said the enemy's job is to get you to put your trust in you? That's what fear is. Fear, if you're writing stuff down or tweeting or something like that, you should tweet this. Fear is depending on you. That's a definition of fear. Fear is when I depend on me. We talked about it in the songs and stuff, and, and we were prophetically declaring no matter how big it is, no matter what it is, no matter what has come against you and all that, God can take care of it. That's cool when you're worshiping and stuff. You kind of feel that way. But as soon as you're done, don't forget that God is still bigger than your problem. Amen? Don't forget that when you start to feel fear, immediately you need to remind yourself, wait a minute, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So the Bible says if I am feeling fearful, that means I have forgotten about his love. Because as soon as you put I'm his beloved back into your head, fear starts to go out. Why? Because you see God moving on your behalf because you know he loves you. But the problem is the enemy is putting things in your way to get you to forget that one little word. So when you have attacks coming against you, Jesus said, here's what you do to retaliate. Get happy. Why? Because when you see that, that's the proof that I'm about to bless you. That's the proof I'm taking you to a new level. He's just trying to get you to forget so you will abandon your purpose. I'm talking about something good. All right. 
He justifies you. I mean, this, this right here means, now he already justified you. He showed you as righteous and approved you and accepted you. He also glorified you. He caused your, listen, this is so good. He caused his inner splendor to be seen publicly and clothe you with favor. I'm going to finish on this thought right here. Give me Genesis 37. I hope you've had a good Mother's Day. Just loading you up with as much as I can give you before you leave out of here. I'm preaching fast and preaching hard. Is it good? Don't forget you're his beloved. Watch this. Genesis 37. The battle only comes against the righteous. The righteous. Those that have called on the name of the Lord God took your iniquity, took your sin, your struggles, took your failures, put it on himself, and gave you his righteousness as a gift. He took your stuff and gave you his stuff. So you can never give it back. You are righteous because he made you righteous, the Bible says. He didn't ask you, did you want to be righteous? As soon as you called on him, he said, righteous. That person's righteous. So the enemy comes in and tries to take it away from you, but, but when, how, how do you know and what are they up to? Listen, watch Genesis 37. I like this right here. Y'all know Israel and Joseph? Y'all know that story? Okay, if you don't, go back and read this. Genesis 37. I don't have time to go through the whole thing. But this right here is, is a really, really good point. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. Watch this. Because I don't know if you've ever felt like this. Have you ever just had like a breakthrough or feel like God's got his hand on you? And then all of a sudden stuff starts going crazy. Have you ever felt like that? Okay, you're not the only one. Watch this. Israel loved Joseph more than his, all his other children because he was the son of his old age. He also made him a tunic of many colors. So he loves Joseph more than everybody else, so much so that he made him a nice, fancy little coat just so he could show that he loved him more. He didn't make anybody else one. Let me see the next verse. Verse 4. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him. So how many of y'all want God to just love on you, bless you, just elevate you, just take you to the next level? And I got news for you. As soon as you put that coat on, as soon as you put the coat on, this is, what doesn't it say right here? They hated him when his brothers saw this. They hated him. And they could not speak peaceably to him. You know why you go to work and people are like, Psh. Going to church. And y'all know that little church girl's in here now. Y'all stop cussing. Stop, stop. You know how you walk in the room and you're the Christian and everybody knows it and they're like, Shh, shh, shh. That happened to y'all? Especially when you, they know you're a preacher. As soon as you walk in the room, they're like, put the, put the drink down, put the drink down. That don't happen to y'all. It happens to me all the time. Look, it's because I'm wearing my coat. It's because I got on this coat and I got on this favor and God is doing stuff in my life and I'm putting on my coat and I have done nothing to them. Why are they coming against me? And look, they could not speak peaceably to him at all. As soon as God starts favoring you, the enemies come out. Even your family sometimes, Jesus said, they'll turn and start looking at you weird. Jesus said, listen, it's going to happen. So my question is, can you stand to be blessed? Y'all want to be blessed, right? What if when you get blessed, one of your best friends turns on you? You still want it? Your enemies have not come to take you out. They've come to take you up. They've come to remind you. Jesus said, get happy because when you put that coat on and you start going to that church and you start realizing how much I love you, you better get ready because the haters are coming. And they might be related. 
Mm. They might be related. David said one time, he said, he said, if it was my enemies that came against me, I could bear that. He said, but it was the ones that I thought had my back. I'm talking about something. I'm about to run. See, I remember getting blessed and God put his coat on me. I remember that, man. I start flying all over the world. I remember I had so many church friends before that started happening. As soon as I walk in, I want to tell them about all the Lord have done. And they're just like, oh, really? Now, they was happy before I went. As long as I was under them, as long as I wasn't doing as well as they were, it was okay. Boy, they clapping for you. Praise the Lord, Mike. You got saved. Praise the Lord. Just so happy for you. But then as soon as God starts taking you somewhere, if you stay plugged in, you do what you got to do, and you follow the Lord, and you start going somewhere, are you too good for us now? Are you starting to do that stuff with them now? Okay, I understand that, but, you know, you ain't, the hate just comes just because you got your coat on. The enemy loves to come against those that's got their coat on. Let me see the next verse, and I'll stop right here. I'm doing good, actually. I caught up. Anybody got their coat on this morning? I'm just wondering. Have you, have you noticed this? When you get the favor of God, when God put his hand on you, have you ever felt like that? You just got, you got something great happening, but you, but, but you got some folks over here that ain't quite happy for you, but they should be. They really should be. God told Abraham, he said, I'll bless those that bless you. And I'll curse those that curse you. Look at somebody say, you better watch out. You better bless me. You better bless me. I'm blessed. You better bless me. Say, don't curse me. Don't curse me. I'm blessed. Say, if you curse me, it's going to bounce. It's just going to bounce off. Come right back at you. Say, you better bless me because I'm blessed. Verse 5. I used to tell people that, too, all the time. So you're talking about me, but okay. You better watch out. God really likes me. He really, really likes me. Amen. Verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. Now, okay, he's got his coat on. That's one thing. Now he's got dreams. When you, when you got your coat on, and then God starts giving you dreams, and you know they hate you, don't go tell them. It's not going to turn out good. You think you're trying to be their buddy. Oh, let me just share with you what the Lord is doing. And, oh, I just had this dream. And, oh, I'm telling you, it was so wonderful. They, it's going to get worse. Let me, let me tell you. So Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. You know who your enemy hates more than you just having your favor on you? is when God starts speaking to you and showing you the future in a dream, and they're bowing down to you. That really is bad. So your enemies, I'm telling you, they have come, and, they, and listen, the end of this story, this is so good. The end of this story, Joseph is a picture of our Jesus. He's a deliverer, okay? He comes back to deliver his own family after he goes through persecutions. This is a picture of Jesus who is going to go through the persecutions to save his family. The ones who hated him, the ones who turned on him, the ones who sold him to slavery, the ones who lied about it and took his coat off of him. And, and put blood on it from an animal and told their father that a beast, a wild beast ate him. They lied all these things. This was, Joseph comes to the end of his life and to the end uh, where, the, where his brothers come back to him. He's now ruling Egypt. And his brothers come to him and he pulls them in a room and he finally says, Don't be upset because you sold me into slavery and you did all these crazy things to me. He said, 
because the Lord used you to send me ahead of you so that I could save you. Jesus got on the cross and said, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. When they think they're hurting me, they are really blessing me. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to fight your enemies, be mad at your enemies, or even talk to them. You just got to keep on moving forward because not for one second has God taken his hand off of your life because you're going through craziness right now. I'm telling you, you got to get excited and get happy because God, listen, don't forget you're his beloved when you're going through the trial because at the end of this thing, God is going to use you to turn around and bless so many. Whatever you're going through, it's going to make you better. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to take you higher. You got to get the right attitude. Amen? Amen. Do y'all believe me in here? If you're going through something, I'm just telling you, you're, that's because you're blessed. And you're not just going to be blessed for yourself. You are going to be blessed so much that you can go back and save your family so you can go back. Let me tell you something. When I first started serving God, all my family members was acting crazy. And I couldn't do nothing. I would come home and try to preach to them, try to talk to them, try to, man, you got to, let me tell you about this Jesus. It's the greatest thing. And they all looked at me and was like, we don't want to hear it. We do not want to hear it. So finally, I gave up on that, and I decided, well, I'm going to go help somebody who will let me help them. And usually a stranger will let you help them more than your family. That was in my case, and that was in Jesus' case as well. So I stopped trying to preach to them, and I started helping who would let me help them. And let me tell you something. It wasn't long before I started getting calls of, uh, hey, son, uh, will you pray for me to get a new job? Will you pray, will you pray for me? Now, if your family member have been that far from God and you get a call and your, and your father is finally saying, will you pray for me? I can, say, I can say to him, it don't matter the persecution you tried to put against me because I was doing some stuff for the Lord. I have gone ahead of you and been raised to another level so I could come back and help you. You understand what I'm saying? That's good. I'm, I'm barely just barely scratching the surface of what I prepared today. Let's finish this. How many of you guys, when you came in, you got a little uh, white piece of paper? It had, a, it had, a, um, it had some, some words on it. I think it says, thank you to my enemy, something like that. Y'all see that? Pull that out. Miss Veronica, will you help me real quick? I'm finished, y'all. I did finish on time. Thank you, Lord. I didn't think I would. Praise the Lord. I mean, I finished, but I got a whole lot more, y'all. We ain't talked about... I just had to get into this. I'm telling you, your enemies have purpose in your life. Quit praying them away. You know, how many of y'all know about, like, I don't know if y'all know about boxing or whatever. I'm not a big boxing fan, but I do kind of know how it works. How many of y'all know if you're going to be the best, you can't beat the worst? It's the same thing with God. If you're going to have an extraordinary life, you're not going to have ordinary battles you understand you're fighting an extraordinary battle now because you have an extraordinary future I don't care it might be a mindset it might be a I don't know what the issue is you know what they are whatever is keeping you away from your pursuit from God I'm telling you it's going to get extraordinary in the fight but that's because the reward is extraordinary do you understand what I'm saying People that have big futures don't fight little battles. So the next time you see your enemy, this is what I want you to do. Pull out your little piece of paper, and I want you to write. I want you to write 
a letter thanking them for promoting you. Now, you don't have to actually give it to them. <laughs> See them at work tomorrow. Here, I wrote you a note. No, you ain't got to do that. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you. You should put it over your, over your doorway or on your mirror somewhere in your Bible somewhere because I, I know what people do. You have an enemy, you try to go get some help somewhere else. You have an enemy, you try to go cry to somebody else. You have an enemy, you sit at home and get depressed, get frustrated, get agitated. When you get an enemy, you need to get glad and remember, your enemy can't take you out because you are God's beloved. Don't let him make you forget that. And also remember that because I belong to God, I carry his name, I'm justified, I don't have to prove anything. Even though I make a mistake, God is still there just like he was the day I gave my life to him. Still there. None of your mistakes are greater than what Jesus has done for you. None of your habits are greater. None of your mindsets are greater. But you do have to learn to trust in the Lord instead of yourself. You're trying to break the habit on your own. You're trying to deal with the issue by yourself. You need to stop doing that. And need to sit down in a corner somewhere with your Bible and just focus on the Lord and his goodness. And I'm telling you, that sounds simple. When you do that, you are getting God involved in that mess. And he'll start to untangle it. But as soon as you put your hands on it, you're depending on yourself. You're full of fear, full of worry. I'm telling you, you need to let it go. Amen? So I'm going to give you a second. I, I want you to do that. I want you to write, write, write. Think of, think of the, the very next, the, the enemy that's right in front of you. I don't know what it is. You need a breakthrough at your job. You're, you know, you, you're doing something for the Lord or maybe, you're, maybe you just need to come to the Lord. Whatever it is, you need to say thank you because as soon as I'm done defeating you, I'm going to be on another level. You have come to let me know. I thank you for showing up. You've come to let me know that God is doing something in my life. you come to let me know that God wants more for me than I want for myself. You're just coming to let me know and help me transition from normal to extraordinary. And as soon as I take you down, I'm never looking back. Whatever you got to say to him, just thank him. Just thank him. Just, I remember when we got this building, I had about 15, probably more, turn me down to let us have church in a facility. And then when I saw this facility, I was like, man, I need to write them a letter to say thank you for telling me no. Because you know what? Every facility I walked into, no matter how crummy it was, I said, we can make it work. We can make it work. We'll put some paint on it. And then God was like, no, 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 no. I got something better. So I'm going to make them say no. I was praying, Lord, please make them say yes. Please make them say yes. Please make them say yes. And they'd be like, no. I'm like, hold on. I just prayed. You're supposed to say yes when I pray. He said, I'll only say yes to the stuff that's big enough for me to put my name on. If they're telling you no, it's because it ain't big enough. It ain't big enough. It ain't big enough. If, if they said no, it's not big enough. Just say thank you. I appreciate that. That means it's bigger than that. And that should send you shouting when you run out of bill. I'm telling you. I feel like I'm kind of hitting a wall a little bit. Maybe y'all are dealing with so much that you can't see the other side. Sometimes it's real thick, man. Sometimes trouble is on every side. You got to pause, man. You got to pause life and say, hold on, time out. Jesus. And maybe you didn't know what to do, but I'm telling you what to do. Say thank you and go home and start focusing back on him. Say, God, in your word it says I'm your beloved. 
He gave righteousness to an evil man. What would he give to one that he made righteous? He gave you righteous while you were evil. What more would he give you now that you have his name? Don't settle for nothing less. Amen? Amen. So let's do it. Yeah, let's give Jesus a hand clap. I'm done, y'all.